You're listening to the Candid Comms Podcast with Rachel Miller. Tune in for practical advice and inspirational ideas to help you focus on all things internal communication related. Hello and welcome to the show. Today's episode is a candid conversation with Asif Chowdhury and we recorded this episode just before the Comms Hero Week that took place in September 2023. I'll include a link in the show notes at allthingsic.com forward slash podcast in the show notes for this episode. So if you perhaps missed the week, you can look back and discover the sessions that took place and perhaps catch up with some of the content as I know it's available online. I'm going to hand you over to our conversation. On today's episode, I have a very special guest with me. I'm delighted to welcome Asif Chaudhry, who is the Sales and Marketing Director at Resource. Asif, welcome to Candid Comms. Rachel, thank you so much. And uh, it's, it's everyone says it's a pleasure and honour. This genuinely is, I've known you for so long. So yeah, I'm chuffed to be here and uh, looking forward to it. Me too. Well, thank you for, for coming on. It's quite a break from the norm for me because normally I invite in-house internal communicators. So you're the very first non-in-house internal communicator who I've invited to be on Candid Comms. And the reason I wanted to have a conversation with you, Asif, is I think if you're thinking about the wonderful world of internal communication, and if you're thinking about community in particular, then your name pops up constantly. So for listeners who may not have stumbled across Asif before, where have you been? Asif, can I ask you to tell me a little bit about Comms Hero? So in your Absolutely. own words, what is Comms Hero? Because I'm sure that listeners may have heard this phrase or seen the hashtag Comms Hero on Twitter. Would you mind telling us about Comms Hero? Absolutely. And having worked in comms and marketing, my customers all my career of 28 years so far have been people who work in comms and marketing, whether it's internal, external, and in a lot of cases, it's one or two people doing both. That's basically the people who I've worked with throughout that whole time. And nine years ago, I kind of set up the comms hero brand because the work that was being done by those people that I've worked with over the years, I've always found that to be heroic. And what I mean by that is that, is there another job where people have reducing budgets, reducing headcount, but increasing targets? Certainly in the comm space, that's been the norm. And that I find is heroic. And I'm not comparing that with the heroics that are done in hospitals and the blue light services. It's not about that. But this is heroic in terms of the profession. And I just thought that whole comms hero thing was mainly driven by the fact that comms people are by nature brilliant at telling stories but telling other people's stories is what they're brilliant at doing. Mm. Telling their own stories is something that I found they were either too modest or they just didn't think they needed to do that. But at the same time, everybody was moaning about not being at the top table. I said, well, I'm in sales and marketing. If you don't do the selling bit, then how do you get to persuade people? We're in the job of persuasion, persuasion and targeting messages, looking at groups, all this fantastic stuff people do. I find all that super heroic with the reducing budgets and increasing targets. And I just thought the comms community, the comms people that I work with are all created by nature, but a lot of the events that I went to just didn't really give them the opportunity to unleash any of that creativity and Not everybody who works in comms and marketing is in London. Mm -hmm. There's lots of us who exist outside of London and 
don't necessarily want to have to travel to London for all the events. So all these things kind of combined. And in 2014, I spoke to a small group of comms people that I knew and said, look, if I did an event that was going to be this sort of event and it was going to be in the north of England and this is what it was going to cost, do you think you'd come? And all 10 people said yes. And I said, right, okay, we're going to do that. And it never started as a community. I don't think community was even a thing then. It was tribe. And I'd it set was, up, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, right. yeah. Tribe was a thing because I reflected mm. on that recently. And community, since social media has exploded, there's now community managers and stuff like that. I suppose mm. that's what the role is with community and co- the Comzero community that I do. But in particular here, I just set it up as a one off event in May 2014. So was that the vision? Up. That was the vision yeah, to absolutely. bring people together to. So share, I love what you said there about being the storytellers. You're right, we, we share other people's stories. Yeah. And, and there's real power when people who are working in-house as internal communicators are often brave enough to share their own stories and realise that that's really valuable and that their peers can can learn from it. So, so was that the vision? It was initially a comms hero event nine years ago to, to bring people together. Absolutely, and bring them together in an environment that did all the good things that I'd experienced at events, but tackle all the bad things. And when I said bad things, I don't mean in terms of content, because all the content was usually pretty good, but things like asking people to come all the way to London and pay, I don't know, 300, 400 pounds for an event and all the associated costs that go with it. But then not think about giving them a chair to sit and eat like hot food that you served them. Mm. And that was, to me, I just thought was, it was just dumbfounded for me that, that you just don't think about the delegate experience. And I said, well, I'm going to do all, we're going to do all the things right that people have complained about on feedback forms and we'll add the things that have been done well. We'll make sure we do those as well. And it started off as a one-off experiment that just expanded and nine years later, still there. Amazing. Well, well, well done to you for taking that initial vision and and continuing with it and evolving it over time. Um, and certainly Caroline and Dan from my team here at All Things I See had the pleasure of speaking at Comms Hero and yeah. the most recent one uh, when it was online back in October, wasn't it? That's right. And Caroline yeah. King was the chair of the first ever Comms Hero event in Manchester 2014. So she the was pictures. there from the very beginning. <laughs> yes. Yeah. She was. As if I think it's fair to say that I know in the early days that you faced some negativity in relation to Comms Hero. And as this is the Candid Comms podcast, I thought I'd ask you about that, if that's okay. And in particular, how did you deal with that negativity? My experience of social media has been mainly LinkedIn and Twitter. I'm not on Instagram or TikTok, and TikTok wasn't even a thing back then, and Insta wasn't, I don't even know if it was a a platform at that point. But we did the first event, and this was literally after the first event. There was my first experience of negativity on social media, and Twitter in particular here I'm talking about. Mm. And we had what I thought, the whole world of haters against comms hero and what we were trying to do and what it stood for. And I spoke to two CEOs that I knew at the time who were on social just to get their perspective because they're in quite accessible and they're in a sector that they would be trolled quite often. So I thought I'll go and speak to them. Once I'd got over that initial period of, I hate social media now because of some trolls and because that, it's all consuming because you just don't expect it. And having spoken to them, they helped me to take stock 
And that's the key thing in this one, because I was going from loving social media for two or three years prior to that, to then thinking, wow, this space isn't, this isn't a really nice place to be. So I'm going to come off it. And they just helped me to take a step back. And one of the key pieces of advice I got was, look, if you're getting trolled, then you're doing well. And I thought, well, actually, nobody's trolling anybody that doesn't create airtime and engagement and stuff like that. So I thought, well, that, that's a that's a different spin on it. Mm. And when I did take stock, it was actually only six people. We had 85 people attending the first event, and we had a tweet reach of over a million accounts on the first event. So I thought, well, there's more people enjoying what we're doing than these six haters. And after ignoring them, they disappeared anyway. They still exist, but they disappeared from our timelines and our lives. So they've gone and done what they're doing and we're still doing what we're doing. So I'd certainly say you need to have a thick skin if you're putting yourself out there and doing something different. So be prepared for that, but take it as a compliment if you are getting those trolls and those haters. That's such sage advice, Asif. I think that's really... The, the the mindset that that I always think about when you are creating something, you're putting yourself out there, and you're putting we're in yeah. such a visible role anyway in this wonderful world of internal communication that I think the the mindset for me is that you can't control what people say about you, but you can control how you react and you respond. Absolutely. If we think about the comms hero community, it is vast and it's diverse, and all voices appear to be welcome. It's a real looking from the outside in and I feel part of the community myself it feels like it's a safe space for people to connect learn and share ideas with each other and to ask questions as well so let me ask from your perspective how do you keep this network of internal communicators how do you keep that community fresh and keep people who are part of it feeling part of the community and feeling engaged I think that's just been a natural thing to be honest with you I've probably seen over the last two or three years more talk about diversity and inclusion and I had one of your colleagues Dan Holden on the ComZero podcast because he called out an organization because of the lack of diversity when they invited him to be a speaker and when he posted that on LinkedIn I thought good on you because we need to we need to share this and find out what's why is there a need for Advita Patel's underrepresented speaker list in the space we share, that I share that of, list yeah just oh. to share what that is for listeners, if you're not sure what it is, yeah. Vita is a comms consultant here in the UK, and she's got this brilliant list. We've shared it before. When I did the had a conversation with Keith Riley-Jones, That's right. Yeah. we we shared Vita's list. It's amazing. If you're looking to create an event and you're always stuck asking the same speakers or you're doing the typical male, pale, stale, manals, you know, the all white male panels, yeah. this list exists to bust that wide open and just say there is a whole yeah. amazing community of people who are willing and able to be part of conversations and, and talk at conferences. So we'll we'll include a link to the show notes to Vita's list, but sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, Alan. no, that's fine. And I think that it's just happened naturally over the years because I've, I've tried to find speakers. First and foremost, I want people to be recognized as comms professionals, and that's the ultimate aim. The whole diverse spectrum of speakers, that's just been I just say a happy accident, if you want to call it that, because I've not set out to say, oh, I need to hit this quota or that quota, because I've, we don't have any quotas at comms here. It just doesn't exist. And because I've spent a lot of time looking through the network and uh, spending time engaging with people, what backgrounds and stuff they've come from have been completely irrelevant, because what they say has been first and foremost on the agenda. And I've, then when we've got to event time and it's okay, who are we going to get on the speaker list? 
when it when we were in person events before 2020 i only needed to find five or six speakers but then when we went virtual in 2020 because of the pandemic we could have taken the easy route out but there was another dare to fail moment there look let's try and find 35 speakers covering all sort you know there's no theme to this com zero week we're going to do we're going to cover as many different topics as possible and because i spent all that time those years cultivating the network finding speakers from a diverse range of subject matters backgrounds job experience job titles ages it's probably been easy for me because i've invested that time on route purely by accident but i think if your intentions are right and it's not because i'm a person of color myself it's got nothing to do with it and i have to state that that i'm not on a mission to make sure that people like me are represented and stuff like that so i think it's been really important to just keep that network cultivated and it's just so it's it's kind of been a happy accident so it's important to showcase different voices experience you know we've had people who've spoken at comms hero who are one year into a comms position through to people who've been 20 years in the profession and charted and all whole host of other qualifications and why shouldn't we showcase those new voices because the subject matter that they were speaking about wasn't something they needed 20 years experience of i love um, that i think that's so so important and i love the there's some real nuggets that you get in our when we teach our effective internal comms course that's for people who are new in and we say if you've got up to three years experience in internal comms and I love those discussions. Dan in my team, who we've mentioned a couple of times, he now teaches that one. I've, I've taught that one for the last six years and he's now take, taken that one over and I do the strategic one, which is for the more experienced one. And I think the sorts of conversations that we have in both of those masterclasses, like the questions that you get from people who, who are new in are so insightful and they're so valuable. And I learn every single time I teach those courses, particularly the new one, there's such interesting conversations and questions and observations that people have when they're fresh in to the profession, which is so valuable. So people who have been around as, as long as I have in this field, I learn something new every single time. I feel like I use the phrase, my brain is buzzing after every masterclass, but it that doesn't even articulate just how buzzing my brain is because... Yeah. The questions, the challenges, the why do you do things in that way? What's the point in this? And busting through the jargon, it's so powerful, particularly when people are, had someone on a course who was three weeks into internal comms and she was incredible. (laughs) She just had such fresh insight. And I I learned so much from her in having to explain my thinking or having to explain why the industry does what it does. So I, I couldn't agree more with you. I love that. Just thinking, I mean, as you were describing there about, about you and, and, and your views of, of the world particularly, it made me think about personal brand. So I'm going to weave a conversation about personal brand yeah. into our discussion and then we're going to take a short break. But over, and you and I, I know we've discussed this topic before. So I talk a lot about personal brand from the perspective of people who are trying to influence strategically at board level and inside their organizations or people who want to become comms consultants. So I often describe your personal brand, it's your reputation and promise, or in the words of Jeff Bezos from Amazon, it's what people say about you when you're not in the room. And as people who are working in this field of communication, we are mindful of reputation and we're mindful of what people say about us when we're not in the room, particularly if you're working in-house. So Asif, can I ask you from your perspective, 
how I see your personal brand, you've got so many layers from being a business leader to being a father, to being a husband, the comms hero community leader and a proud Muslim all in one. So can I ask you, how do you manage to stay true to yourself? And why is it important to be able to be you and show up with with all of those different layers of, of your personal brand? To me, it's all become really complicated because good social personal brand, it's just down to networking and it's tried and tested techniques that it doesn't matter which platform you use, the actual content you're sharing is you. And pre-social media, I'm old enough to know what the world was like before social media existed. This is the stuff you had to share face-to-face at networking events and things like that. Mm. And all that's happened is that I've now got the ability to use technology and social media. People buy from people. As an internal communicator, it's really important to understand that because if people know who you are in the organization. So personal brand is absolutely crucial to making you believable, making your content believable. And the different layers that you mentioned, it's not an intentional strategy. Genuinely, I don't have a strategy. Most of my content is not work business related. And I do feel pressure sometimes to think, oh God, I haven't posted anything that's marketing content for two weeks. I must put something up to make me look like a thought leader. But then I just, you know, give my head a shake. I say, what are you doing? It's not what you do. Mm -hmm. So, and plus it's the stuff that gets you the least engagement. And I'm not here for the likes, but it's important that a lot of people that I then meet through Teams or Zoom meetings or in person, the opening line tends to be, I feel like I've known you for ages. It cuts through all the small talk and you can actually have a, you get a meaningful relationship right from the outset. I think there's real power in in working out loud and being being visible I think I, I couldn't agree with you more we can see each other's recording and I'm you can see that I'm nodding furiously and agreeing with what you're saying um I think you're right people do buy from people and it's not about resource or, or for me about all things I see yeah. it's about that personal connection and it leads to great conversations and it leads to great relationships where I I think when we met in person it was the CIPR Inside Awards do you remember that bit right. at London yeah. Zoo? Good few years back. I see hero. Indeed. Yeah. And I and that you feel like obviously we've had lots of conversations online and you kind of forget you haven't met in person, but I'm a bit of a hugger. And I find that when I then finally do meet people in person, yeah. you you give them a hug or, and you feel really connected to them. And I remember you and I having a picture together and being like That's right. we're actually together in person. And it feels, I mean, we all now, I think given the past few years, understand and celebrate the beauty of face-to-face more than we, than we ever have. But I think you're right. It's that way to build connections and, and to yeah. get to know people. And you're right, I think, about in setting your own rules. So I, I don't share photographs of my children online. I don't, I don't share their names online. Yeah. Even. And that's my choice. You're right, I think, in setting your own rules, what you're comfortable yeah. with and what you're familiar with with what you're comfortable sharing we are going to take a short break and when we come back we're going to be talking about how to get the best out of people and some brilliant basics see you in a moment candid comms is brought to you by all things i see my brilliant team and i offer consultancy training and mentoring to help you thrive in your internal communication role You can choose from online learning, in-person and bespoke courses. Topics range from measurement 
to strategy and how to be an internal communicator. SeeAllThingsIC.com for more information and use the code CANDIDCOMS at the checkout to save 10%. If you're struggling with your internal communication, help is at hand. We can mentor you, conduct audits, advise on your channels and much more. Contact us via hello at allthingsic.com and we'll talk it through together. Welcome back. In the final part of today's episode, Asif and I are going to be talking about getting the best out of people and some brilliant basics. Can I ask you, how do you nurture talent and get the best out of the people around you? From an internal point of view, which is not visible externally, the pats on the back, the stuff that happens all day, every day when somebody's done a great piece of work, saying well done is not a difficult thing to do. I'll be at Resource 21 years in May this year. So when you've been somewhere for that long, you just become part of the furniture. And you have to remind yourself to actually say well done to people because you do end up taking it for granted. But people that you're working with very closely, the ones that you're not necessarily working with closely, you kind of recognize that effort because it's not a day-to-day thing. But when it is a day-to-day relationship, so if it's people who I'm working with, the client services team, the sales team, or the creative team I work with quite actively on a day-to-day. You have to remind yourself to do that. And it is important from a leadership point of view to do that because that pat on the back, however you do it internally, it's important for the people who are doing the work because it does motivate and inspire and encourage them to carry on going at those levels. There's no better affirmation for somebody's work and the quality of the work when you publicly give them the well done. And before the QDOS feature on LinkedIn was a thing, you don't have to wait for stuff like that. Uh, It's nice to do that, but as long as the individuals on LinkedIn, and most people tend to be dependent on what type of organization you are, then if your colleague is on LinkedIn, then celebrate them. Excellent advice. Thank you. I think you're right. The first people to know of any integrity gap between what you say and what you do are your people, is your your employees. So you're right. I think you'll feel the loss if you've ever worked for a leader who isn't nurturing and encouraging and doesn't praise you, you you know that that's missing. And then conversely, if you work with someone who's the total opposite, who is nurturing you and giving you praise and thank you. You and I, I think it's fair to say, are fans of personalised communication and handwritten yeah. communication and something that feels very personal is so powerful and it's so important rather than whatever it looks like. If you're sending an email to someone to say thank you, it feels very different to get a handwritten note to say thank yeah. you, for example. It's, it's taking the time, isn't it, I think, to show your appreciation for people that shows that you're thinking of them and, and making a bit of effort as well. It's an integral part of internal comms, I'd say, because internal comms isn't just mm. the carefully creative campaigns that you execute across all the different channels that you may have available that um, that get messages through to colleagues. It is these non-transactional moments I think one of the examples that I really like about personalised communication is when leaders, particularly CEOs, send handwritten birthday cards to employees, things like that, where, yes, there's an investment of time, money and effort. But that feeling when you receive that really personalised communication, you you can't beat it. So I'm going to draw our conversation to a close by thinking about brilliant basics. This is a conversation that my team and I have a lot when we're trying to help internal communicators improve what they're doing. And we're trying to make sure they've got good foundations in place to really build whatever it is that they're trying to achieve. So thinking about the wonderful world of internal communication, I wanted to ask you about comms trends in particular. So it feels like the world of communication is 
ever-changing uh, with new things appearing, new products and services and technology or comms bling, as I call it, all the shiny stuff yeah. that can, can turn our head. So thinking about where we are in 2023 and beyond, what are the current trends that you think people need to be aware of? And also, what are the brilliant basics? What are the foundational things that will never go out of fashion for our comms friends? Yeah, the trends is uh, having done the job for quite a while, I've seen lots of different trends come and go. And I'm trying to think of one that's actually stayed the course. There's a huge trend now of using TikTok because it is a trend for internal comms. You can't ignore it. The trends that you should take notice of is where your audiences are, to be honest with you. And I think that that wouldn't change no matter what the technology has a huge part to play. But none of these technologies have really stuck around forever. You know, every time one of these trends comes, everybody's saying, oh, this is going to be amazing for us. And then as soon as that disappears, well, what happened to all this amazing stuff? So it's really important to understand there's a shelf life to all of these things. And I think stick to engagement and what you're going to get out of it. And is it right for your audience? They're the main things from whatever trend you're going to look at. TikTok's probably one that you can't ignore now, internal and external, really. I love it. I think I couldn't agree more with you in terms of nailing the purpose. So when I have conversations with clients and they say, oh, we're going to do this, we're going to get this new shiny bit of kit, or we're going to introduce this channel. And I'll say, great, what's it replacing? What's it retiring? Yeah. And often the conversation is, oh, well, oh no, it's not. And I'll say, okay, so so the volume's going to go up, the, no- the noise yeah. is going to go up. And very often it's not. And I've got some podcast episodes on this that I'll link to in the show notes around creating a channel strategy particularly so nailing the purpose what's the business problem that this new piece of kit or social platform whatever it might be what's the business problem that it's trying to solve and what's the purpose you can communicate to lots of people very quickly but what are you communicating to them and what do you want them to do with that as you say the outcomes the absolute key so those basics haven't changed irrespective of the tech stack that people are now investing thousands and thousands of pounds on them. Even just saying the word, the phrase tech stack, it's a thing now, isn't it? You know, And, um, and comms tech, uh, I keep seeing yeah. comms, comms tech as a phrase has just taken yeah. on a life of its own. Yeah. Asif, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts um, with me today. And I'm sure listeners will be scribbling furiously as they've been listening to this episode. As a, as a final thought for me, if people want to get in touch with you, where's the best place to find you online? Okay, LinkedIn, Asif Chowdhury, and Twitter, Asif Chowdhury as well. So you won't find me on Insta or TikTok. Maybe yes. TikTok, maybe later in 2023. <laughs> Who knows? I've been toying with it. I've been toying with it. So we'll see. But yeah, LinkedIn and Twitter are the main. Marvellous. Thank you. We'll include all those links in the show notes. And finally, for me, thank you so much for sharing all of your thoughts and observations and experience today. I've thoroughly enjoyed spending time with you. So thank you. I hope you found this episode useful. As ever, I love hearing from you. You can find me online. Why not look me up, Rachel Miller, on LinkedIn? I'm Rachel All Things I See on Instagram. Or why not send me a message via the website, hello at allthingsic.com. I'd love to know what you are taking away from this episode and what you hope to do differently as a result of listening to Candid Comms. And remember, what happens inside? is reflected outside. See you again soon.